kids say uh, housekeeping so uh, I wanted to talk about just some improvements that um, I'm thinking about making to the show um, or just I guess just kind of keep you guys in the loop as to what I'm trying to improve week in and week out so last week I took a break I'm like you know what? I want to reevaluate what I'm doing we're, we're two episodes in I just want to you know let this week kind of settle plan out some stuff Think about things that you know I really want. Get some criticism, constructive criticism on what I was uh, what I was making, and I've come back and I feel like there are some improvements that I'd like to make to the show. So uh, basically, what I have now is I have this outline, and before everything that I had was just kind of uh, I had like a mental checklist I was trying to go through, and it's not a it's not a really bad way of doing it, but it's not the most effective way of doing it. I think it does kind of you know create a little bit more. Um, off topicness to the show and that's something that I do kind of want to not necessarily eliminate but kind of like harness it and make it more relevant to what I'm trying to talk about if that makes sense so I wanted to um I guess get into one of the things that was really bothering me about my last episode I feel like I missed out on a lot of details about Nintendo's online because I was just like you know what I'm just gonna make a podcast and I'm gonna put it out there this is you know pretty new news and I was really excited about it, but uh, I missed the I missed a lot of the details that I personally like to talk about and that I like to to know myself. So I want to take the time now to really, I guess, concentrate more on the source material and understand what fully is going on, and just kind of make a little bit of a note about it so I can kind of reference it. You know, I definitely want my my shows to be more planned out and not like rushed because I mean. There's a, this show is, is definitely opinion based. It's not really based around a lot of facts, but it's opinions based. It's, it's opinions that are drawn from, I guess, facts. So if my facts aren't fully there and they're not developed and they're just kind of thrown out there, I think it makes the show a little bit sloppy. So I kind of want to uh, take these next few episodes and really just uh, the episodes from here on out and really work on the outline and really work on planning the show properly. And it's not like it's going to increase the amount of time it's going to take for me to release my episodes. I plan on every Thursday still releasing them, Thursday, Friday. Sometimes it'll branch into Friday depending on, you know, my scheduling. Um, But I, I definitely want to take the time and really concentrate on you know, building this up, even if it's not going to be amazing at first, like this is, like I said, in the prologue episode, this is going to be a learning process and it's going to take some time for me to really get my feet wet. Um, but right now, you know, I'm kind of, you know, dipping my toes in. So, um, I guess what I want to say is that last show I put out, I didn't like how rushed it was. I just kind of want to slow things down a little bit and just have fun with it. You know, really, really plan out what I want to talk about. That way I'm not regretting it later on. Um, however, the beautiful thing about, you know, the, the podcasting thing is that you can always come back to the next episode and kind of include things that you missed. So what we're going to do is we're going to hop into our first topic today, which is going to be the Nintendo Online again, uh, before we get into some PlayStation stuff here. Um, and I wanted to, to talk about things that I missed in my last show 
And some people even included some things um, in the the Twitter topic of the day last week, like the uh, the amount of people that can join your like family plan and stuff like that really lowers the price a lot if you divide it between you know yourself. So that's really cool too. Um, but we want to talk about some of the the details that I missed. So the first one here is that there's there is going to be single player games on here, and they are available offline. You can play them offline now. I don't know if they were saying you can play them uh, without multiplayer or without playing it with somebody else or if you could play them offline without online altogether. I'm assuming that is the case so you can play them on the go. It makes sense for a handheld to be able to play those games when you're not surrounded by internet connection. So that's a big positive. It It's still not technically owning the games, but you're kind of renting them similar to uh, PlayStation Plus. So I think you actually do download the games, and they are on your system. And as long as you have your membership active, I guess there's some kind of coding that it lets the Switch know that you are an active member. Uh, once you pay that that $20 or that $3.99 or that, uh, I think, $7.99, it lets you know that, that that's where you're at. So you'll be able to play them on the go, and that's awesome. However, one thing I did, I did miss, I said, you know, if they're single-player games, how are you going to incorporate multiplayer? How are you going to do all that? Well, apparently there's like a pass the controller function where you can pass the controller virtually similar to, I guess, remote play on PlayStation where you can kind of just like help people through and you can use the remote play. It doesn't work amazing on PlayStation, I found, um, because it really relies heavily on the Internet connection, obviously. Um, I think for these games, though, because they're not as demanding, there's not as much to load. They're NES games and they're very like keen on keeping it to NES games in their description because they're simpler than the other games. I don't think we're going to be playing GameCube games or anything like that online, but who knows? Maybe one day they will. Um, but they uh, they definitely um, are including, though, this pass the controller function where you can talk to each other in the Nintendo app on the phone. So they're still using the app. We talked about that in the last episode, and you guys know how I feel about that. Not my favorite thing in the world. But you have the option to now um, kind of play with each other. So if you have like the say the Mario game, the, the original Mario, and you know your player won, you die. You can pass that controller on to the next person. You can watch them play. It's like a weird, you know, kind of cool uh, thing going on there. Uh, I thought that was really neat. I thought it was a really cool uh, thing that they were doing, and uh, you know, I just I think that that is just a it, it kind of makes them a little bit similar to PlayStation in a way. It would be cool if you could do that with Switch games. Once again, that's really not my preferred way of playing just because it's not like, I don't know, there is some latency there, which is kind of, you know, an issue for some of those PlayStation games. Um, but I also missed this, and this is kind of the biggest thing I think I've missed. Um, the passive controller thing was kind of a, a big thing, but uh, Nintendo is now going to be having online cloud storage for the Switch, which is big because... Prior to now, <laughs> there hasn't really been a way to back up your game data, um, excluding, I guess, if you had an SD card, but you kind of had to do that uh, ahead of time, I believe. But I'm pretty sure when I uninstalled my games, I still had all my memory on there. So if some, But if something happens to your Switch and your Switch breaks, you're kind of screwed. So if, if your Switch, for whatever reason, just like breaks from now until when this thing launches... I mean, your your backups are going to be gone. At least that's that's my understanding of it. So, you know, it's kind of crazy. It took them long, this long to do it. But, you know, at least we're going to have it now. And, you know, it is something that's going to 
to help in terms of if you need a new switch, uh, when the next model of the switch comes out, the switch pro, when that comes out, uh, you know, if you want to switch over, it's going to be a lot easier now with the cloud data, you'll just have to download all your stuff and you can upgrade to whatever switch you want in the future, which I imagine we'll be probably seeing a new model of the switch at some point in time, probably not this year, but probably, uh, I don't know. Don't be surprised if you see something after E3 this year, just saying, um, that's not based on anything I know. I'm just, you know, based on what Nintendo has done in the past, similar to, you know, the, the 2DS XL and all that other stuff. It's very possible that we could see a new model of the Switch coming soon. Okay, so uh, that's all I wanted to talk about with that. We're going to still actually keep this on the Nintendo slash Capcom role here because we wanted to talk about some of the more notable news stories. This isn't going to be a ton of news stories just because... There's not really a lot going on right now that is super notable. Um, however, this is going to be some Sony and Nintendo news. This first one, though, is Capcom and Nintendo. So apparently, a cloud-based Resident Evil 7 is going to be releasing in Japan for the Nintendo Switch called Biohazard Cloud Edition. And basically, it is going to all be based on a cloud. So you don't actually physically own the game. It's not something I don't believe that is... I guess it would be on the eShop, but it's going to be a game similar to uh, how PlayStation does their uh, PlayStation Now service in a way. I'm pretty sure this is kind of the same thing, maybe a little bit different. But basically, they're going to be able to fit the entire Resident Evil game on the Switch because it's not going to be using the Switch's hardware to run. So it's going to be running off of Capcom servers. Um, this is kind of a way to get around the Switch's uh, hardware limitations. Is it the most effective way? Probably not, and it's definitely not going to work for everybody. I'd be shocked if this makes it to the States, <laughs> to be honest with you, because it's very obscure. Um, but it's essentially a game rental. I mean, once those servers go down, the game is no longer going to be active. Uh, well, you know, Who knows how many years that will be. Um, it doesn't seem very practical. It seems... Um, like, it is interesting in a fact, you know, in a sense that you can play these games on the Switch and it's going to be, you know, super, you know, good looking. Um, you know, I guess you can kind of get away without any major optimization with the game as well. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. But the problem with these kinds of games is that one, you don't own it. We just we just talked about that. But two you need to have a really good internet connection. And I see what they're doing. I think it's really interesting that they are able to to do it the way that they're doing. Um, it's just not practical, you know, especially for a handheld that you are supposed to be able to take everywhere with you. If you don't have internet connection, you don't have Resident Evil 7 at your, you know, disposal. Um, and Resident Evil 7, to me, uh, similar to, I guess, the, uh, the other, you know, survival horror games that are on the Switch, like, um, trying to think what they're called now. I can't even remember. Uh, like, uh, Outlast, I think that's what it was. Outlast 1 and 2. I just don't know if they're really made for the Switch. Uh, it's, I mean, obviously you can play them at home, but in terms of the portable aspect, I just don't really think those games are something that I'd play on a handheld but, I mean, I don't have a problem with them being the option, but in terms of this Resident Evil, if you're just going to do it this way, don't, like, don't even waste your time. Like, it's really just, a, it feels like a cash grab, and it feels kind of experimental, but 
it's really it's it to me i just i don't really want it i don't want to see companies cutting corners on finding ways to putting a game on the switch it's better just to optimize it for the system and make the lowering of the graphics and the performance and stuff like that as you see fit um we've already seen games that have the dynamic resolution rocket leagues is very aggressive but I just, to me, I'd have no interest in streaming a game to the Nintendo Switch, especially because if you have it in handheld mode, you can't connect it to a wire. There's no Ethernet ports on the uh, on the Switch. You have to buy the the LAN adapter. It's just, it's not to me. It's it's too much of a hassle. I just wouldn't mess around with it too much. Um, but you know, it, it is. It's still interesting. It, I thought it is interesting to talk about. But I just, I just don't think that it's, it's really anything uh, that I would personally want. Um, but moving on, we're going to move on to our ne- next section here. And that is that at Sony's corporate strategy meeting, uh, Sony CEO John Cordera, he said that the PlayStation 4 is now entering its end of it, the end of its life cycle. So it's entering the end now. Um, and basically what the story here is that there should be support until at least uh, the end of the fiscal year of 2020. So it's about two years. We're kind of getting to that point. We still have the end of 2018. Uh, we're probably not going to see a ton of PlayStation, uh, major PlayStation exclusives after The Last of Us 2 comes out. When that comes out, um, so it's it's going to be a little it's going to be a little sad. Uh, but here is the um, the quote. Coming from, I believe I got this, uh, I should have wrote this down. I think I got this from GameSpot.com. That's exactly where I got that from. I do have the link right there. Um, The quote is, the PlayStation 4 is entering the final phase of its life cycle, which would have a negative impact to the unit, but reoccurring revenue via membership services, etc. should cushion some of that. Beefing up first-party titles wouldn't just mean more new IPs. Strategy includes franchising successful IPs and refreshing existing IPs. You can expect more exclusive titles for PlayStation platforms. March 2020 would be when PlayStation would be when PlayStation uh, begins to crouch down to grow. This isn't part of the quote actually, Um, but it's basically said they're going to crouch down once to grow further into the future, which essentially means that's when PlayStation 5 is going to probably come out sometime in 2021 I personally would predict that it's going to come out the holiday season of 2020. That just makes the most sense to me. We'll probably hear about it at E3 next year uh, or probably before then. They'll probably have their own event prior to E3 next year. Um, so, you know, that's that's a lot to take in. It's, you know, not anything too surprising. Um, but we also have, uh, you know, we also address the future of PlayStation VR and PlayStation View if you care about that. He said PlayStation VR is growing, but the industry growth is below market expectations. Um, and basically they're going to reevaluate what the PlayStation VR is. And if they still want to go into that market, that's what I got out of it. And, um, I guess we can talk about the PlayStation VR. Uh, I think the PlayStation VR is actually a really impressive piece of technology. I think it's still as much as VR has grown. I think it still might be a little too early for VR. Um, it's just, uh, there is some great visual aspects of it to me, at least for PlayStation, the controls just aren't there yet. The PlayStation move needs a, you know, an upgrade. 
Um, hopefully for the next system, if they're going to include VR, they include it, they include the headset right with the system. I think that that would be probably the best case scenario to make VR a success. Um, I've actually always said that PlayStation VR would have been more successful if it was a pack in with the next PlayStation console. If they just, you know, skipped out on PlayStation 5 altogether, use that time to grow it, you know, internally, uh, not sending it out and testing the market as much as they did. I think that if you made it with the system, uh, just bumped up the price of the system a little bit, uh, people would definitely take to VR, and then you can kind of make upgrades along the side if you want to pick up this one. This one has a higher resolution. This one does that. I just think it would have been more uh, healthy in ushering in VR as a more standard feature. Some people would make the argument that VR you know, would have been similar to you know the Kinect camera on Xbox One. People, not everybody wants it. You know, that's that it's completely understandable. Um, and, you know, I definitely see that that point of view. Uh, I will say that I do love my PlayStation VR. I got it probably a week after it released initially. And I just really wanted a VR headset. To me, the PlayStation VR was the best, uh, you know, had the best chance of success, um, especially after Facebook acquired Oculus. You know, HTTC is, is nice. They're kind of a relatively unknown in the gaming industry, though, for the most part. Um, Sony though, because they're such a, a recordable, you know, entity in the gaming industry. I mean, they're one of the big three console manufacturers. I just thought that the PlayStation VR would have the best chance to succeed, especially because how much momentum the PlayStation four has had. Um, I will say that I love the experience PlayStation VR offers. Uh, I do think that there is definitely room for improvement resolution wise, um, wires wise, if they made a wireless PlayStation VR, it would just be so much better. I know right now the technology and the cost would kind of be a little expensive for that, but to me, it's, it's a, it's a big hassle kind of getting everything set up and I just don't have enough space to keep it set up at all times. So I usually have to set it up, put it in there, take it down, put it back in the box. It, it's just a lot. It's a lot to deal with. And even when it's out here, there's just wires everywhere and I already have all of my technology here there is only so many wire places you know places you can put the wires before it just gets absolutely insane so I do love the PlayStation VR though I hope they do continue it um, I just think that this current PlayStation wasn't really ready for it I heard that it's better on pro um, but I think that next PlayStation if they build it with VR in mind it's going to be so much different and I think it would be worth it. Definitely improve the controllers. Just give us glove controllers. Like, just seriously, just give us glove controllers. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, and then it, when it comes to PlayStation 4, I think that this is interesting. I think that it's kind of normal, though. I mean, it's it's getting to the point where in 2020, we're approaching seven years, right? Uh, it's it's almost been out for five. It's It's kind of, it's starting to become time where they do have to move on. Uh, I think that Sony, though, was very eager to to get this generation, you know, out of the way for whatever reason. Them saying that, I think, is not really the smartest thing to say, even though it's already implied that it's going to happen. You can't really halt back the console forever, the brand new console forever. You have to kind of move on at some point. But I think Sony might know it better than anybody else, maybe excluding Nintendo, that after major success it doesn't always guarantee that you're going to succeed in the next generation. It comes with a whole brand new, you know, list of, you know, things you have to overcome list, 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 you know, list of obstacles. That's what I'm looking for. 
you know, the PlayStation 2 was a massive success. Even after its generation, it was still a massive success. It still grew. The sales numbers were always healthy. But PlayStation 3 stumbled out of the gate. See, with, with PlayStation 4, they did amazing. They had that momentum from the start. This is their generation. You know, this this generation right here, this is them being back on top. Chances are they will never see, you know, this again, at least for, you know, for a while. So the way that they've kind of just been killing it in the market right now, and just this has just kind of been this way for PlayStation 4's entire life cycle, but PlayStation 5 is not guaranteed to, to, to take off the same way. There's still people buying the PlayStation 4. People just bought, a, you know, PS4 Pros for God of War. They still have Spider-Man coming out. They still have Last of Us. Uh, the last thing they want to think about is a PlayStation 5. And I bought the PlayStation 4 uh, the second year it came out. It might have been it might have been some somewhere into its first year, I think, actually. Yeah, I think it was somewhere in the first year uh, I ended up getting one. And even I think that this feels really soon. But, I mean, as you get older and as you're moving around more, you're doing stuff and, you know, you kind of start losing track of time. You know, things just go by really quick. Like, this whole entire console generation to me has just felt extremely short. But that time still has gone by. Even though you do feel like it hasn't, it has gone by. And it is almost time for the next system. I and mean, that's just how it is. I mean, the, the year spacing, it just matches up. Seven years, that's just kind of how it's going to be. <laughs> you know, it's been... An, it's going to be a long time by the time the PlayStation 5 comes out, and even though it doesn't feel that way. Um, I guess I was trying to, to, for last week, I was going to make a podcast about this very topic, so it's kind of cool that they did come up and, and talk about this, because I was going to make the argument against the PlayStation 5. So my argument was going to be, well, they just released, well, it's not actually really an argument, because I was going to actually get really analytical, or at least try to get really analytical but to me, there was there was multiple things that I was looking at. I was looking at sales data for the equivalent of PlayStation 3 at this point in its life cycle um, against the PlayStation 4. Um, I thought it was really uh, strange, though, and I felt like it was not really the best comparison just because of how they were kind of different when they were first released. So I didn't think it was going to be the best comparison just because the circumstances were so much different, especially the PlayStation 3 started off so, uh, you know, not great compared to the PlayStation 4 that it was actually playing catch up for a while, especially compared to the 360. Um, and I think it eventually did catch it at some point. But it was just different circumstances, different release scheduling. Um, it's very hard to really compare the two systems just because they were so vastly different but also the PlayStation 4 Pro really threw a, a hitch into my my thought process here because I'm thinking well the PlayStation 3 didn't have a mid-range system that offered a stronger you know it didn't offer stronger specs basically where, where the PlayStation 4 Pro did do that and we do have some experience with systems getting upgraded like midway through um, I know that the new 3DS was an example of one. The DSi was an example of one. I'm not, I, I was going to look up the PlayStation, uh, you know, PSP, PO, you know, PlayStation Portable. Uh, I think that they did offer some speed improvements 
I think they overclocked. I'm pretty sure they, they were able to overclock the PSP at some point. So it's not, I guess it's not really the same. Maybe I'm thinking of storage that they upgraded. Either way, though, we don't really have a record of Sony doing that. And this whole mid-range console thing is kind of new, where we don't really see a powerful, a more powerful system in the same generation. So it's it's kind of it's just it was kind of weird, and I wasn't really sure how to formulate a proper argument around that because of that little wrench there. Because like I don't know, I was trying to to pinpoint where I could kind of draw my my you know argument from. So I figured the PlayStation 4 Pro probably is going to expand the PlayStation's life cycle for a few years, but I just don't think that that's the case. You know, I don't think people really viewed PlayStation 4 Pro as anything other than, you know, a luxury to have, and even then it's just like, all right, well, it's a little bit better. Is it this much better though? Like, you know what I mean? So I I just, that was something that I was kind of like stumbling on. It's like, you know, it's the PlayStation 4 you know, doesn't really need the PlayStation 5 yet because you have the PS4 Pro that's going to expand it. But I don't think that's that's going to be the case. So I guess that was just, you know, that's just my thought process behind it. And, you know, I, I'm very interested to see what they do. Personally, I mean, I, I'm not really ready for the PlayStation 5, but just because I'm not ready for it doesn't mean that, you know, we can hold on to this generation forever. I mean, time moves, so does technology. I know some people you know, say, oh, you upgrade your phones every two years. Some people stretch to three, but, um, it's just so much different with a console, but it's, it's been out for a while and it's just a shame because it feels like whenever a console is about to end, um, you know, probably excluding the Wii. Cause I think the Wii was kind of starting to get weak there after uh breath of the wild came, or not breath of the wild after, uh, after skyward sword came out, it started getting really weak and there was just like no releases out. And it was like, the writing was kind of on the wall. It's like, okay. Uh, the system is slowly dying. Um, but with PlayStation four, it feels like it's hitting like it's it's peak right now in a way. You know, God of War just came out, and you're gonna have you know Spider Man coming out. You're gonna have Last of Us Two coming out. It just seems like it was really starting to hit its stride and starting to gain a little bit more momentum in terms of games. But it's just you know you can only go so long, I guess, until the hardware sales were you know to that point. And that's that's something else that I did look at as well. I looked at hard. I was trying to look at the you know, the hardware sales in terms of at what point did Sony say, okay, it's time for them to to move on. It's time for them to look to the future. And that's also really hard to pinpoint because I couldn't really look at the numbers and definitively say this is this is when they said it. Because I guess there's there's a lot of different things they look at when it's time. I think time has a factor, um, but I think also the the market need has a factor and how they determine that, I'm not sure. I'm sure they have some kind of sales data. But, you know, the PlayStation 5, though, it's just not a sure thing. And that's why it's just kind of weird that, you know, they announced it this early that they're working on it, even though it's not really a secret. But just try to keep it a secret. Like, come on. All right. So uh, we are going to go to the Twitter topic of the day. Uh, I actually received some criticism on my Twitter topic of the day. So I figured I would just kind of go over what exactly we do. And it was actually constructive criticism. They said I should I should use voices for uh, the, the tweets that I read. And I thought that was kind of interesting. So who knows? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll throw in a, a few voices. Um, but we're going to be talking about the PlayStation 5 slash PlayStation 4, I guess, uh, in terms of uh, these tweets. So um, 
Yeah, and, and I wanted to also say, you know, the reason why we do this this Twitter topic of the day is because, one, we don't have people tweeting at us. You know, this our Game Opinions Twitter page. Uh, we don't have people tweeting at us. And I want to I want to kind of, you know, utilize Game Opinions to, you know, read other people's game opinions, basically. So this is a good way for us to kind of incorporate that because we do have our name, Game Opinions, even though it does imply multiple things. It's not just this, but... Uh, I said in the prologue, this, this isn't about me. You know, this is about us. It's about us as a gaming community and us about, you know, our opinions and everything like that. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone deserves to have their opinions, uh, you know, at least considered. You know what I mean? Everyone has, you know, an, an awesome, you know, voice that can contribute. Some people utilize that in a bad way, but, you know, we're not going to really get, <laughs> we're not going to get into that. But um, I think everyone has, you know, a, a valid opinion. Um, you know, generally speaking, generally speaking, there's obviously exceptions, I guess, but, um, so this is also a good way for me to go in here and read it. And one of the improvements that, that people have said is that they said, I'm just kind of skimming through these and I'm not really, uh, giving them a, a good response. And I think that that is somewhat, uh, somewhat true. So, uh, we're going to go through here and we're going to read these with a voice. Now we're going to, we're going to be doing different voices. Hopefully it's not offensive. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just trying to have fun. And apparently this was kind of, uh, you know, more of a, a funny or, you know, fun community type of activity where we go into the Twitter and we, we go into Twitter and start reading tweets and stuff like that. So it's fun. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to start with Stanley Cup Moose at Bohemian Moose 69. Uh, we're going to, let's see. Okay. So that's a channel of voice here. Okay. I, I can't wait till the PlayStation 5 comes out so I can rebuy those remasters of PlayStation 4 games that were originally PlayStation 3 remasters of PlayStation 2 games. Uh, th this, this tweet's just kind of funny because obviously the big thing with PlayStation 4 when it came out, there's a lot of remasters going on. You had like GTA remaster, you had the, uh, I think there was like Batman remastered. There's like a whole bunch of things. The Last of Us remastered. You have the Uncharted remasters. There was a lot going on. Will this happen with the PlayStation 5? In my opinion, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll probably see a Horizon Zero Dawn remaster. We'll probably, probably see a God of War remaster. We'll probably see a lot of remastering when these, these things come out. Um, so, you know, definitely. Uh, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> so... I, I think it's funny. I think it, it definitely is a, a long-running joke. Um, this next one is from one that everybody should know. Uh, Boogie2988. Uh, I'm not going to read his in a voice just because uh, I, I just I can't. I can't. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, my God. Boogie2988 coming at you live once again through the power of the internet. This is a big mistake. Sony should be clinging to this generation as long as it can because it dominated it. Making the life cycle of this generation shorter gives them a chance to gamble and lose. Unless the PS5 is absurdly good and entirely backwards compatible, this is bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not really sure what that was. That's not really any of his voices. Um, but I can't, I can't do the Francis voice. That's just, uh, that's, that's too good. That's too good. Um, but no, I mean, Boogie has a really good point. And, you know, I completely agree with him here is that, you know, it is a gamble. If you're moving on to a next generation, it's going to be a gamble. The PlayStation 5 is not a sure thing. It's not a sure success. I think Sony has seen that with their PlayStation 3 when the transition from the PlayStation 2. 
Um, I think that they should. Uh, I think they should look into backwards compatibility. I just think that physical backwards compatibility. I think it's honestly a thing in the past. Uh, you know, Nintendo stopped doing it now with the Switch. And Nintendo was kind of like the last company to really do that. I don't consider Xbox One's backwards compatibility really backwards compatible. You know, if they make PlayStation 5 backwards compatible with, uh, you know, its digital games that you've already purchased, obviously that makes sense to do. But I just think that uh, backwards compatibility in a traditional sense is a thing of the past. Uh, it's, and that's a shame because it's, it's awesome to be able to kind of relocate your old system, retire it, put it on the shelf, and then just have your new console in there. You can play anything on it. I always love that about, you know, the older consoles that used to come out. But, you know, it, it is what it is. You, you can't really do it. <laughs> you, you can't keep things uh, the same, I guess, because they're like, oh, it's too hard to incorporate, you know, the other system in here, but whatever. You know, if that's if that's what Sony wants to do, and that's that's fine. Um, I don't know. I just think that it's. I, I think that it is kind of you know weird that they'd want to rush it along, especially when they have a couple of years left. It's like don't say something that's gonna make people upset, and then that they bought a PlayStation Four um, and kind of make them not want a PlayStation Five. I think that's kind of like inevitable though. No matter when you have a system release, you're gonna upset people because people are late buyers of the console. It just happens. You know, I was a late buyer of the PlayStation 3 a couple years after that PlayStation 4 comes out. Was I upset? Not really. Because I played the games I wanted to play on the PlayStation 3 and then I moved on. You know, simple as that. Okay, so. So that was Boogie2988. You know, love that guy. He's a freaking awesome guy. Uh, one of my favorite YouTube personalities for sure. Um, okay, so now we're going to be going to Mike Marshall at MikeMarshall03. Why does everyone have a problem with this? Most people upgrade their phones every two years. Upgrade their TVs every five. The PlayStation 5 would not release until late 2020 or 2021 from reports. How can anyone complain about an eight-year cycle? Once again, I think it's just, it's just, you know, you come down to this, this weird, I feel like we're all kind of getting old together. <laughs> it's just kind of sad. I just feel like time goes by so quick now for everybody. Everything's such a fast-moving, uh, you know, everything's just so fast-moving now. Technology moves fast. We move fast. And sometimes I think it, it just kind of sneaks up on us. Like, we don't realize we're having a good time with what we have, and we're so focused on other things. We don't realize that there's so much time that is going by. It's just people don't really realize that it's an eight-year cycle because everything's just so jumbled up. I mean, days kind of merge. It's just, it's very, very weird. Um, but I, I think that, you know, an eight-year cycle, it's, it is hard to complain about it. You know, they definitely did get a lot out of the system. I think that there's still obviously more to go. You still have some really big heavy hitters coming out. And, you know, you still are going to have third-party support up until that point. So there is going to be still a ton of reason to have a PlayStation 4. It's not going anywhere uh, in the immediate future. But before we know it, PlayStation 5 will be out. So it's just, I think it's just kind of, you know, it is just kind of weird. So uh, we're going to go to Chris uh, Kalishan, and it's at I am Chris Cali. Um, he says, I have to think of another voice. I'm running out of voices. Ah, oh, man. Try to think. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't know what voice to use now. Um, okay, I think I got one. Maybe this is just a sign of age, but I don't see a need for a PS5. Uh, and 
I think it is a sign of age, honestly. You know, because there is, like, I, I can definitely understand there. It doesn't really feel like, if you get, like, a high-end PC, the differences between a PlayStation 4 game and then, a, play, and then a, a PC game, it's really not that noticeable. But at the same time, I feel like graphics have kind of plateaued in many ways. Obviously, you can get the resolution up to 4K. You know, you can, you can just keep on pumping things up. You can keep on getting things more and more detailed. High-resolution textures. Um, you know, but the big thing now, I guess, is to put it up to, to 60 frames per second, you know, be able to maintain that something that the PC can do easily. So that's kind of the big difference. It's really the frames per second. And honestly, I feel like I kind of prefer having more frame rate, you know, better, smoother frame rate than the higher end crazy resolution graphics PC can do both. Um, if you have a, a really pretty capable system, even with a, a non even with an with older machine, you can probably still get some pretty awesome results if you're not trying to, you know, do some, you know, if you're not trying to, you know, ramp up all the really high demanding things. So there definitely is room for improvement. It's not going to be as noticeable to the eye until you actually play it, I guess. So it's just the frame rate isn't as exciting as all the, you know, PlayStation 2 to PlayStation 3 HD graphical uh, trend that we had before. So I can definitely understand that um, if that's if that's what you're talking about. But in terms of just time, yeah, like I said, it, it's I can't I can't stress it enough. Things just kind of come up really quick now. So, you know, um, now we're going to we're finishing off with uh Mikey say, Mikey say, and it's at, or I guess Mickey. Hold on, this text is really small. Yeah, it's Mickey say. So it's at Mickey say, 34. Um, and now I have to think of another voice. This is getting hard. I have to plan these out. I'll, I'll write in parentheses what what voice to use. Um, let's see what would we have here. I'll just go with standard voice. Uh, oh, I know, I know one. Uh, why don't people want a PlayStation 5, okay? The PS4 has been great, but it's run its course, especially considering that it's akin to a mid-range PC at launch, okay? But you haven't gotten your money out of it yet, that's on you, with the amount of amazing games coming out every month now. And I mean, that's true. I mean, there's been some really awesome titles, especially last year. Last year was a big year for PlayStation, especially with Horizon Zero Dawn that came out. Um, you obviously this year you have had some really awesome games too. Monster Hunter. You've had um, you know obviously God of War, the, the biggest game of the year so far, arguably. It's been great. I mean, it really has been. There is a lot of games. You had Uncharted that came out uh, last year, I think it was. So I mean, there there is just there's so many great. Actually, did Uncharted come out last year? I don't remember when Uncharted come, came out, but I, I still actually need to play that. But um, you just there. There's just there's so many good games that have come out on the PlayStation 4 that it's really it really has accumulated quite the library if you just stand back and look at it. You know it doesn't feel like that sometimes when things are moving by so quick, but it really has. It really really has. So that's that's gonna wrap up our Twitter topic of the day uh, today. Um, you know obviously I'm gonna go back and retweet all these guys and let them know that they were on the show today. Um, once again, though, I mean, this is just a, a process here where we're trying to we're trying to get these, you know, streamlined down. You know, there's obviously going to be times where my mind just goes blank and that just happens. Um, that's something that's just going to take time to, to kind of, you know, iron out. 
but I feel really, I feel like I really prefer this method though of kind of outlining and having, cause I mean, I've been just rocking my iPad up like that, you know, I have my keyboard up there. So, um, you know, it's, it's actually really nice. I like having that option and it kind of gives me a, a chance to, to research this stuff and it's all very fascinating. All this gaming news is very fascinating and it's a lot of fun to, uh, to talk about, you know, opinions and stuff like that. And, um, once we start having more people on the show and in turn, you know, more in terms of another person on the show, um, you know, the format's definitely going to change. It's going to be a lot more conversations, uh, in terms of, you know, it's not going to be as, it's not going to be as like me just kind of rattling this off and not having a lot of things to talk about besides that. It's going to be, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that point in time, but this is a good way for me to practice, you know, knowing how to create stuff out of topics. Because um, it's, once again, this isn't really a natural thing. It's not something that comes natural to me. Uh, but it will eventually. And I'm really excited about that. And I hope you guys are too. Um, so thank you so much for watching Game Opinions Episode 3. Uh, we're going to be back again next week with Episode 4. The topic, I don't know what it's going to be. But we'll figure it out eventually. So until next time, thank you so much for watching. And I'll see you guys in the next podcast later. <laughs>